Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word today. We thank you, Father, for the spirit of God that is here to lead us and guide us into all truth. And Father, I yield myself as an instrument of righteousness. And I pray that as I speak the oracles of God, that Father, understanding will be enlightened. Minds will be renewed. Bodies will be healed. And signs, miracles, and wonders will follow the word today as we submit to it, as we obey it, and receive it. In Jesus' name, everybody say, Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week, I started a new series entitled, Expecting a Miracle. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm expecting a miracle. And our first lesson was called, Get Poised for a Miracle. And this topic came about from something that the Lord had spoken to me a couple of weeks ago now. He said to me, uh, if I can do a miracle to get you a house, I can do a miracle to get me a house. And it was in reference to our building project. And I believe there are so many people uh, today in need of miracles in their life, but they don't understand how to trigger those miracles. And so today I'm going to uh, continue in that series. And last week I declared that November would be a month of miracles. Everybody say a month of miracles. And some of you may be thinking, you know, how can you just decide that a month is going to be a month of miracles? Well, I want to read Job twenty-two twenty-six to you. It says, for then you will have delight in the Almighty and lift up your, your face to God. Verse 27 says, you will make your prayer to him. He will hear you and you will pay your vows. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. I love the message translation. It says, you will pray to him and he will listen. He will help you do what you've promised. You'll decide what you want and it will happen. You will decide what you want and it will happen. In other words, I think we have not because we ask not. Can you say amen to that? So the goal of the series is to raise your faith to believe that miracles are about to take place in your life because I believe they can because the Word of God says all things are possible to him that believe. Now, if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down today's topic and it is your miracle has been scheduled. Your miracle 
has been scheduled. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to find John chapter 6, verses 1, and then Matthew chapter 17, verses 24. That was John chapter 6, verses 1, and Matthew chapter 17, verses 24. My goal today is to help you see that miracles can be scheduled. Now, we looked at the word miracle, and it's defined in the dictionary as an extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all human and natural powers. Now, the Bible's definition of miracle is a sign that promises remarkable events soon to happen. Now, some of you all... Uh, may have already started experiencing miracles, and I've already started getting reports. On last week, we had a couple who was in need of a miracle, and they wrote me an email. I'm just going to read part of it, and then I'll elaborate on the rest. It says, uh, Hi, Pastor. We wanted to first thank you for sharing the word on last Sunday as it ignited our faith even more to remain faithful. As you know, it's been a transitional few years for us. Shortly after getting married, I lost my job. And although I was given, given unemployment, our budget changed and some sacrifice was needed. One sacrifice was my truck. We were struggling in trying to work out, you know, the truck payment with less income. And it eventually was repossessed. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a hard time right there. So now we had to move forward and we did with one vehicle as a family of eight. And then a year later, a soon-to-be family of nine. I mean, were they trying to be the Brady Bunch or what? Watch this. The unemployment ended in January of this year and more sacrifices were made. Notice they were making adjustments to the situation. It says here, we had a wonderful baby boy, and then uh, they ended up getting some financial counseling. And then I'm going to break through all the other, other information. It says, we made a decision to make a sacrifice and give for value of the visionary. However, we were going to give later, and my husband was led by the Holy Spirit to give a sacrificial seed because we needed a breakthrough in our finances and our situation. We were driving an SUV that only got 13 to 15 miles per gallon. I mean, that's like driving from here to the parking lot and you got to go gas up again. <laughs> the, this SUV needed $2,000 worth of maintenance and repair. Watch this. And they were $4,000 upside down in the vehicle. Okay, so we have nine people, one car, low gas mileage. Are you all with me so far? And then on top of that, they needed $2,000 worth of repairs, and they were $4,000 upside down, which means that the car's value was $4,000 less than what they had paid for it. So let's see what happened. So they pulled up at a dealership. I'm getting ready to just say this. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to tell you. They pulled up at a dealership, and when they pulled up at the dealership, the wife happened to know the person who was the sales manager. Guess who it was? One of her old employees. It's good to be nice to people. He recognized her and told her he was the sales manager and he would make sure that when the deal goes through that it has to pass through his hands and he would take care of her. Long story short, guess what happened? They walked in there, a family of nine, low, low gas mileage, 
$4,000 upside down with $2,000 worth of repairs. They walked in with one vehicle. They drove out with two vehicles. Watch this. A 2014 and a 2013. Watch this. With warranties and everything. And what makes it interesting is they are paying $100 less than they did with the one car note that they drove in there with. Everybody say miracles are real. You say, well, pastor, what was so much of a miracle about that? She just said that that car got repossessed. That's on your credit. How many know a miracle will bypass your credit? Amen. So I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of John chapter 6. John chapter 6. There are two things that we learned last week. One of the things that we learned last week is that miracles are God created but man participated. God created but man participated. In other words, God needs your assistance in some miracles that take place in your life. And then the second thing we learned is that a miracle will leave you with more than what you started with. Remember the disciples, they gave out five loaves and two fish, and when they got it back, they had 12 baskets full of fragments. Well, I'm going to show you that same parable or story. It wasn't a parable, it was a story. I'm going to show you that same story, but this time it's going to be from John's perspective. And in the book of John, chapter 6, let's look in verse 1. It says this, and after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was close. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come unto him. He said to Philip, Philip, do you have bread? Can you go buy bread that these may eat? Watch Philip's response. And this he said to do what? Prove him. He said, Philip, do we have enough money to go buy bread that these may eat? Now remember it was 5,000 people. And the Bible says he said this to test Philip. Watch this part. Because this is the foundation of our lesson this morning. For he, Jesus, himself knew what he was going to do. In other words, Jesus already knew what he was going to do to provide a miracle for these people even though Philip didn't. And I want to say to you, whatever need you have in your life, whatever miracle you're designed from God, God already knows what he's going to do. Amen. So if you continue to read, they ended up feeding the 5,000. I'm going to go back to that in just a minute. But I want to give you point number one. I only have two basic points this morning. Point number one is this. Miracles can be prearranged. Miracles can be prearranged. You know how, you know, sometimes uh, they have what they call uh, prearrangements. Like if you die, you know, you already know where you're going to be buried. And, you know, you know some of y'all are going, I don't want to talk about that. Why do people do that? I don't want to talk about dying. Like talking about it is going to make them die. I mean, you are going to die one day. You might as well talk about it now. Amen. I want to know what, what they're going to put me. You know, my wife might be trying to put me in the backyard. No, I don't want to be back there. 
Miracles can be prearranged. And I'm going to prove it to you. Go to Matthew 17. Go to Matthew 17. Matthew 17. Now keep your hand over there in John. We're going to come back. Matthew 17. I'm going to show you through multiple scriptures that God has the ability to prearrange or schedule miracles. And I'm going to show you why most people, they never receive the miracle because it's been prearranged by God, but it has to be arranged by me to be there. Now, look in uh, Matthew 17, look at verse 24. It says, And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute or taxes, money, came to Peter and said, Does not your master pay tribute? He said, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What do you think about? What are you thinking about, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter said to him, of strangers. Jesus said unto him, him, then are the children free. Look at the next verse. Notwithstanding, he says, lest we should offend them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take up the fish that first comes up. Everybody say, that's an arrangement. He says, go, cast your hook, take up the first fish you come across, and when you open up his mouth, you're going to find some what? You're going to find a piece of money, and when you find it, take it, give it to them for you and for me. That is a prearranged miracle. In other words, God already had how he was going to meet their taxes. He already had it figured out in his mind. He already knew what he was going to do. And so, doesn't it sound silly? Wouldn't it be crazy for us to sit up and worry about something that's already been resolved? Well, here, the fish already was scheduled to be there. I'm pretty sure God speaks fish language. And whatever that sounds like, And interpretation. Uh, Be there at the sea and get on Peter's hook and on your way swallow a coin so he can have some money. Everybody said that was prearranged. But see, here's the thing. The miracle did not take place when Peter went out and got the fish and caught it. That's not when the miracle happened. The miracle happened when Jesus spoke the word for him to do it. In other words, if there was no fish scheduled to swim at that place and at that time with money in its mouth, if it was not scheduled, the moment Jesus said it is when it became scheduled. Okay, let me say it like this. Because God, when he speaks, what he says comes to pass, then when he speaks a word, even if what he speaks is not in front of him, by the time he finishes saying, it's in front of him. Okay, let me say it this way. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Light had to come because he said it. So if something does not exist, if it does not line up with what God wants, by the time he finished saying what he's saying, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be what he says. And so the moment Jesus said, there's going to be a fish. It's going to have some money in its mouth. Go pick it up. 
Guess what? It had to obey him. Now go to, go to Matthew. Go to Matthew 8. Go to Matthew 8. Let me show you this again because some of you all are sitting there going, I just don't know about that, Pastor Eben. I don't know. See, what you, you ought to know because you having what you say. Come on now. Amen. You know, you know why uh, most people can't lose weight? Oh, I know that's sensitive. I know that's sensitive. Come on now. I'm, I'm with you. I got a one pack. You know why most people can't lose weight? Because that's all they say. I can't seem to lose weight. Well, that's why. Why don't you just try saying, ah, girl, I'm losing weight. Then they may look at you up the front and go, is that right? At least get your words going in the right direction. <laughs> Listen, your words follow, your body follows your words. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Matthew, where did I tell you to go? Matthew chapter 8. Now, this is, this is so good because I need you to see that the miracle with Jesus started with his words. It didn't just start when Peter went to go fishing. Now... In verse 8, look at what it says. Well, let's just go back up to 5. And, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Verse 7. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Jesus was willing to come to this man's house. Well, let's see this man's response. The centurion answered and said, Lord, my house is too junky for you to come and see. <laughs> How many got one clean room in the house and can't nobody get past that room? You know, back in the day, they used to have the furniture with the plastic on it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Be sliding all off the furniture. You sit there too long, your legs be sweating. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. Watch this. He says, I'll come and heal him. The centurion said, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But speak the word only. He said, if you'll just speak the word, my servant will be healed. Look at verse 13. And Jesus said unto him, unto the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so it be done unto you. And his servant was healed in the same hour. When Jesus spoke the word, guess what? The word healed the man. He said he sent forth his word. To heal us and deliver us. In other words, the miracle starts when the word is released. And that's why last week I said when you're in the middle of a situation, remember Jesus took the bread and he blessed it. The word blessed means he spoke well over that. That's why you got to get your mouth under control. If you're going to see a miracle in your life, you got to start first with controlling this, this tongue. Okay, so we see here that the miracles... Let me give you another scripture. Go to 2 Kings. No, go to 1 Kings. Go to 1 Kings. Go to 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Let me show you again that miracles are scheduled. Miracles are scheduled. 1 Kings 17. Look at verse 4. Uh, let's start in verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was in the, the, the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as the Lord of God, uh, Lord God of Israel live, 
before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came to him. So who's talking to him now? The Lord. He says, I need you to leave here and turn and go eastward and hide yourself by the brook. Watch this now. By the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And, verse 4, it shall be, which means it hasn't happened yet, but it shall be that you shall drink of the brook and then I, come on class. He says, and I have commanded. Have is past tense. Now, if he hadn't done it, he says, and I am going to command. No, no, no. He says, and I have, watch this, commanded a raving to feed you. God had already made arrangements with this bird to take care of Elijah before he even got there. And God has already prearranged your needs to be met. He just needs your cooperation. You say, well, Pastor Evan, let's just keep reading because see what happens is sometimes God can lead you to a place and then eventually over time, maybe that place begins to dry up. And most of us, instead of getting the word of the Lord to, to move on, what we do is we, instead of drinking water from the brook, we start drinking mud. You know, water, uh, mud ends up being, water ends up being mud eventually. Watch this. Look, look at the next verse. Verse Six, he says, and the ravens brought him bread and, you know, bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. Verse 7. And it came to pass after a while that the brook did what, class? The brook dried up. Why? Because there had been no rain. And then it says, and the word of the Lord came. Anytime there is something that has dried up in your life, just get a word from God. If that job dried up, get a, get a word from God. Amen. Then it says, this is what he said. He says, arise, I need you now to go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon. And I need you to stay there. And behold, I, God, have commanded, past tense, I've commanded a widow woman to sustain you. That is prearranged miracles. He said, I already took care of it. I've already made reservations for you. I've already taken care of the bill. I've already made uh, things right. I just need you to show up. And you know what? What would have happened if Elijah would have said, well, you know, widow, widows are poor. How's she going to be able to afford, you know, feeding me? And he stopped at Sister Susie's house. So he asked Sister Susie's house, uh, hey, how you doing? You got something to eat? No, I don't have anything to eat. You know why she don't have nothing to eat? Because he should have, should have been at the widow woman's house. And we wonder why certain things don't produce. Maybe it's because you're at the wrong house. You, you know, I'm amazed at how people stay on a job that they hate. Thank you for that one silent clap. It's amazing. You stay on that job and you hate it. And here's the reason why. You don't believe God has already prearranged something else for you. See, I'm not going to stay in a bad situation if I already know arrangements have been made. See, what you don't realize, when you go to a hotel and you have reservations, that you, when you walk up to the desk 
and they ask you your name. And if they couldn't find you in the system, if you have your reservation number, they have no choice but to give you the room that you reserved. I recently went to a hotel and they didn't have my, they said, well, we don't have a king. We only have two double beds. I said, well, first of all, I don't need two beds. Second of all, I reserved a king. And I said, I don't know what you have to do, but whoever took my king, you got to go take somebody else's now. I didn't get upset and start crying and wondering why God didn't bless me with a king-size bed instead of a double bed. No, no, no. I pulled my reservation number out. And you know what? When you learn how to pull the word of God out, the devil can't take your reservation. When he's trying to take your healing, oh, no, by his stripes I am healed. When he's trying to mess with your money, oh, no, my finances are blessed. God meets all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When your children start acting up, pull that reservation out. Oh, the Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother with the promise that things will go well with you and you live a long life. You better pull your reservation out. So, so that's point number one, whatever that was. Let's go back to John and we'll stop. We'll go back to John. Go back to John. God wants to perform miracles in the lives of his children. But his children are the ones holding up the progress. John chapter 6. And let's finish reading the story because I want to focus in on... uh, Let's see, verse number, why don't we just start, I'm not going to read the whole story because I don't want to, for the sake of time. Let's go back up at the beginning, look at verse 4, or verse 5. Jesus lifted up his eyes, he saw the great company, and watch this, he said, do we have bread to eat? And then he says he already knew what he was going to do, verse 7, Philip said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient that every one of them may take and eat. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, verse 9, There is a lad here. How are you going to volunteer somebody else's food? <laughs> this joker just volunteered somebody's food. Amen. It says here, There's a lad here who have five loaves and two fishes, but what are they among so many? Verse 10, And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in the number of 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given what class? When Jesus had given thanks, then what happened after that? He distributed the bread. Here's the key to miracle working power starting. Giving thanks. You know, remember last week the word blessed means to speak well of. But in this case, in this story, it said he gave thanks for the bread. Even though the bread in the natural wasn't enough to meet the need of 5,000, he still by faith took the bread and began to thank God for the bread. And I'm going to show you here in one verse that you thanking God for what you do have 
positions God to multiply what you need. Amen. Now, just write down, just write down uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. It says, but thanks be to God, which gives us victory through Jesus Christ. One of the reasons why you can begin to thank God for the little so he can multiply it into much, because thanking him shows that you already believe you have the victory. Now, go to Psalm 67. Go to Psalm 67. Go to Psalm 67. Expressing thanks in advance keeps your faith active. See, it don't take faith to just thank God after the fact. It, that's no faith. That's not faith at all. Faith is when I thank God. Let me see here. Uh, I don't have as much money as I did in the first service, but I do have a couple of dollars here. Now, if you saw a couple of dollars on the ground, how many would just walk past it? How many would pick it up? Okay, 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 good. I got the right crowd. I got the right crowd. Okay, so let's say, for instance, I say to you, uh, whoever stands up first, I'm going to give this $2 to. Okay, all right. Well, right here. Okay, all right. Now, I'll give it to you after service, but I'm going to give it to you, right? All right. No, for real, I'm going to give it to them. But do you believe I'm going to give it to you, though? Do you believe? Right. Uh, I've shown enough integrity that she believes that I'm going to do it. Okay? I've been consistent in my character enough that she believes that I'm not going to try to walk past her without giving her this $2. Right? So, do you know I'm going to give you this to you? So, what would you say to me? You, what would you say? Thank you. Now, she's saying thank you even though she don't have it. Now, she don't physically have it in her hand, but she physically has it because I've promised it. Okay, so why can't we thank God for something that we haven't seen done yet and he has more integrity than I do? I mean, if he's promised in his word, he's going to do what he says. Why can't I start thanking him now for what I want? See, see, thanking him is praise on credit. And some of you all are here and you're waiting for him to do it and then thank him. I'm saying that's backwards. Put your faith in action and begin to thank him ahead of time. What are you doing? You're saying, Lord, I know you're going to do it. And man, when you can be like that, nothing will phase you. Check short or not, don't phase you. Oh, uh, that, that relationship didn't work out, don't phase you. Because I know where to go. See, I know what y'all may think I got this from Bank of America. I really got this from God. So God make money? No. He may not make tangible money, but the Bible says that he's given me the power to get wealth. So why should I praise the resource instead of praising the source? So now I'm not looking to my job. I'm not looking to a man. I'm not looking to a system. I'm looking to my God because he's going to supply regardless of the economy. So guess what? Go, are y'all in Psalm? Go to Psalm. So go to Psalm 67. Let me show you the power of being thankful. 
because we're coming up on Thanksgiving. And you know what? Most of us on Thanksgiving, we just thanking God for that turkey. <laughs> we ain't thanking God for nothing. Else. Lord, thank you for this food I'm about to receive. Come on now, then some of y'all so spiritual. Lord, cast out all the calories in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the calories in that pound cake. Now you just don't need to eat it. <laughs> Psalm 67. Psalm 67. Watch verse 5. It says, let the people praise you. Oh God. Now the word praise, when you look it up, it means to confess and to give thanks. Okay, so I'm going to put that in here. Let the people give thanks, oh God. Let all the people give thanks. And after we give thanks, then the earth will yield her increase. And when we give thanks, God, even our God, shall bless us. So you want a blessing? Begin to thank God. You see, well, Pastor, my car breaking down. Thank God for the new car. Did you know praise is free? See, most of ah, ah, my credit is not worth it. Your credit, it, it's not about credit now. It's about the creditor. See, when I really know, and I'm closing right here. I'm re- See, some of you all don't take advantage of your relationship with God. Uh, there are places I can go. There's a Sonic that I go to. I won't tell you where it is. So. But there's a Sonic that I go to. And uh, actually, I guess was with us uh, the other day. And uh, uh, I was on the phone because most of the time I'm on the phone. That's just my life. I mean, I'm talking to y'all. So I'm on the phone. And uh, I was on the phone, so while they, when they said, hi, my, take your order, the person recognized me being on the phone. They heard my voice, and they said, pull around. I got your order. I never ordered. You know why? Because they knew what I drink. And you know what? When I get there, I don't even get charged my drink. You know why? Because I have favor. Right? Well, some of you all don't know you got favor. You say, well, why does that just happen to them? Because them is doing it. You know, uh, uh, heaven had an event where she sung and heaven brought the house down when she sung at this place. I mean, they really should have just shut it down. They should have just said, evening over. God bless America. I mean, heaven really did a great job. Well, you know, they had this uh, parking garage that was valet next to the location, but that valet service was not for where we were going. And the next place to park was like way somewhere else. Well, I ain't walking. Oh, no, no, no. Not past the heaven. So I pull up at this place, and I didn't even know what the place was. It was some condominium. So the, the manager comes outside, and he says, how may I help you? I said, I want a valet park. He says, well, are you, are you going to, you, you, you're meeting someone here? Or you, uh, I said, no. I said, I'll tell you what, though. I'll give somebody 50 bucks to valet, valet my car. He says, hold on, I'll be right back. <laughs> he goes to get the valet guy. The valet guy comes out. I said, hey, uh, I'll give you 50 bucks to valet my car. And then I'll give you 10 in advance for uh, bringing it back when I come back. How many know he valeted my car? 
But watch this, though. Watch this. We had a member that was following me, and they saw my car, but they didn't know it was not me in it. They noticed it was my car. He was taking my car to valet it. They just followed him. So they got up there, and they, the guy was like, you can't park in here. I was just following him. They let him park in there. They followed the favor. I'm telling you what to do. Open your mouth up. Begin to think. You know what? Let's, we, oh, it's over now. Okay, so we're practicing. We're going we're gonna to practice right now. Because some of y'all need to practice on how to thank the Lord. So let me show you what to do first. Lord, thank you for my health. Lord, thank you for my new car. Lord, thank you for my house no being paid. Thank you, Lord, that I'm healed according to Jesus' stripes. Thank you, Lord, for my new home. Thank you, Lord, for the down payment that I need. Thank you, Lord, that my children are acting right. Thank you, Lord, that all my needs are met. See, that's thank. Come on, you got to begin to thank him now because the earth will let go of what you need if you'll just begin to thank him right now. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of our needs. And, Father, I declare miracles, wonders, signs, increase, prosperity, healing in the lives of your people. Lord, I thank you for delivering them out of difficult situations. I thank you, Father, for favor in the courtroom in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for, for uh, those things that have been denied coming back up now, being reviewed, and the review is going to come back as a yes. I thank you, Lord. There are some people that were denied unemployment. They still haven't found the job. But, Father, I thank you for unemployment kicking right back in, taking care of them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare that, Father, those who are buying homes, Lord, it will be no stress, no strain, and no struggle. Lord, I pray for wisdom from God for those who are in tight places. And I thank you in advance as we thank you like Jesus thanked you for that bread and multiplied. Thank you for things multiplying in our lives as a result of us being thankful in Jesus' name. If you got anything out of the word, give the Lord a hand clap if you would. Every head bowed. You may be seated. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today.